Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 137 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hines. I'm talking really quickly and I don't know why. Uh, maybe because I'm excited, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited because uh, we can actually talk about a football game. Uh, and that means me, Paul Hirons, hello, and Nathan Palmer can actually talk about a game instead of nonsense, instead of what we've been eating, what we've been drinking, uh, how we've spent our summer, what, who do we think we should draft. All that kind of stuff is out the window. It's football, football, football. Nathan, hello. Hello, my son. How are you doing? I'm absolutely on board with you, my man. It was great to watch a professional game. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest of games, but at least we can sit here, dissect it, and learn a bit from some actual play. But before we go any further, we've had a, a request, Nathan. Early doors. Normally, we have the correspondences at the end, obviously, for what long-time listeners will know, but we're going to have a request at the top of the show uh, because Sean has asked us to... Uh, label the podcast the home of the new world champion Cincinnati Bengals which should give you a clue about how we got on I mean you all know how we got against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but Sean yes we are indeed the home of the new world champions can we just end the season now would that be fine because uh, we've just beaten Tampa Bay so that's good always good to get a win in it and I mean I the world champions, I'm happy with that for a week. We take that on board. You know, no one's, you know, they won the Super Bowl. We've just beaten them. That's got to account for something, isn't it? You know, but yeah, I think it's important to get a win. Like, no one wants to get ahead of themselves, some. But you don't think like this team's not won a lot of games over the last couple of years. And there was a stat the other day that I couldn't believe about how the, the Ravens mm. haven't lost a preseason game for like four or five years or something ridiculous mm. like that. They've won like 15 preseason games in a row. And you know how much of a man crush I've got on John Harbaugh. Like, I just think he's a fantastic head coach. Yeah. And I think that goes a long way to sort of, I'm not saying these preseason wins mean anything or they count for a lot, but you always want your team to, you know, these guys that are trying to play well to perform to their best, show what they've got and the team to be organised. And I think getting a win like that, it it will give some confidence to the players. It will get them in the right frame of mind. There's only three games this year. Good win. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that's a fair enough uh, thing to say, like, like, like you just recounted um we haven't won we were just not used to winning are we and you could see you could see zach's demeanor in the post-game press conference he looked buoyant he looked upbeat he looked good uh and you know winning breeds winning really doesn't it Um, breeds confidence and momentum and even if it is pre-season game with a bunch of guys who may or may not see the roster the final 53 roster which will be uh announced in a couple of weeks time um, it's still a win, and do you know what? I thought we looked all right. Yeah, it was. I think it was a scrappy game, but we came out on top, and there was some real flashes in there. The defense, we talked about them. That was all we heard in the sort of lead up to the first preseason game that they were winning the battle in camp. 
And we were both saying last week, is that because they're really good or is it because the offence is really struggling? And the defence was dangerous. There were some turnovers. The pass rush got there. Joseph Osai gets there, gets his first sack of Tom Brady. Big moment for him. And I think in general, that's an area we thought might be quite weak. And based on what we've seen, and again, it's early days, but through camp and certainly in that first preseason game, the defence has looked far from the weakness we thought it might be. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, let's give this sort of a little uh, recap, some structure. Let's uh, go back and forth and uh, what key observations from you? It could be a player, it could be a play, it could be something else. What would what would be your first? I tell you what, let's start with Joseph Osai because he's the talk of the town. It looks as though his wrist is going to be okay and he's going to be okay for the opener. Touching wood here, that's what I've read on Twitter. It's and broken though, isn't it? Yeah, but the broken wrist sounds quite severe, but um, these things can be fixed quite quickly. Yeah, I, mean, I, quite I had quickly. a broken wrist as a kid, son. I fell off my bike. You know, the listeners would like to hear that I was fine. I reckon, I reckon four <laughs> or five weeks. For a geezer like him in an oxygen tent, doing every exercise under the sun, I think he, even if he's not back for week one and he's limited, he's certainly going to be a full four. He's not going to by any means be out for three or four months or anything stupid. So you'd like to hope that, you know, like myself, he makes a full recovery. That's right. And you and Joseph are so very similar circumstances in breaking a wrist. Similar down. sort of athletic build to us and <laughs> determination to come back from injury, you know. So That's right. In fact, I almost mistook you for Joseph Asai when I first met you, Nathan. Um, but yeah, he was fantastic. And everything that we'd heard about him is his relentlessness, his motor, be, must... his speed... He... His energy, it was all there. He was all over the pitch and uh, wow. I, I don't want to say I told you so, but actually I am. I do want to say that, but I'm not going to, I'm going to try and say it in a different way to make me sound less of a twat. So uh, I, I did say that if we could get, he's a similar looking player to Carl Lawson and if we could get the same production out of him, then, you know, yeah. let, letting Lawson go perhaps wasn't a bad decision after all but yeah he was terrific wasn't he? he was all over the shop oh absolutely the, the geezer's 21 years old they were saying on the broadcast he's the youngest player i believe on the team and you think for him to get his first career sack fine it was in the preseason against tom brady joseph Asai, i off the top of my head may not have even been born when tom brady entered the league so, you know, for him, that must have been crazy growing up, high school, going to play at college and everything else, watching Tom Brady constantly as, you know, being as he was a little kid watching Tom Brady and his mm -hmm. first sack in the NFL in the preseason is Tom Brady. So I'm sure that's a huge, huge thing for him. Absolutely. And um, what's your next observation, Nathan? What did you like? I'm going to go negative, first of all, not to sort of start off and, you know, things on the wrong foot. But I thought it was really disappointing. And I know it's injury related. I think Dave Lapham said that he pulled his hamstring and it kept him out. But obviously we had Travion Williams on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he sounded so positive. He re-sculpted his body, as he was saying. And, he looked, you know, he, by all accounts on the Zoom call we had with him, he looked absolutely in absurd shape, the geezer. And I thought, that you know, it's only three preseason games. Obviously, there was no preseason last year. I was really excited to see what he had. And obviously, he wasn't able to go and the other guys got the reps. And I thought that was a real shame because 
by all accounts, you would have said he probably is going to make the roster. And I think now he's not been in that game. All of a sudden, the doubt starts to creep in. I'm sure there's going to be talk of Jacques Patrick um, and Chris Evans obviously having a decent game. But it's a shame for Travion Williams because I really was excited to see what he had. So I thought that was a real disappointment. Yeah, but um, conversely, you mentioned Chris Evans had a very good game, actually. And um, I think in his, his post-game press conference, he said that he couldn't believe how big those guys were on the defence. You know, welcome to the NFL. That was his moment. He kind of like stood there and thought, oh, my God, I'm playing in the land of the Giants here. Uh, but he did really well. I mean, he didn't rack up loads of yards, 12 carries for 25 with a 2.1-yard uh, average. But it just seemed like every run that he had was pretty meaningful and impactful, and he caught a few good passes out the backfield. Uh, four uh, four catches for thirty three yards actually, and he scored a touchdown as well. So he affected the game, and he looked pretty good. He ran pretty hard in between the the tackles as well, not just outside and out the backfield. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think Trayvon's got some work to do because he's only going to you know what. Washington on Friday and and then Miami the week after. So yeah, it's uh he's I think he might be in trouble Travion. I don't know. I hope not. And I think y- you talk about um Chris Evans and Jacques Patrick. Um I wouldn't get too excited about it. I think people in the preseason running back is one of those positions where you get those third, fourth, fifth string guys coming in. You're playing against third stringers. I mean, Patrick got all of his yards in the fourth quarter, more or less, against you know uh, real guys that are probably not going to make the roster. There's not much chemistry there. They don't know the system that well. There's going to be some holes open up. He's a professional athlete. He's going to take advantage of that. You'll see it throughout the NFL, some of these guys that undrafted, late-round picks coming in and picking up some yards, getting some catches, where offences are typically quite reserved and just want to run the clock down and avoid injury at the end of the game. So I'm not that excited by that to be honest not to you know not to downplay anything and you know be negative about it I'm not that bothered by I think Travion's got a chance I hope we can see him I really hope he's able to suit up against the football team in the next game and sort of show what he's got Um, because obviously P Ryan that's another thing you know that was a disappointment he came in he only had a couple of carries didn't get too many yards fumbled the ball and he's a guy that I said when we were talking about our so what do we expect for the season here who needs to have a good camp and I said he's a guy that has got to step up and take the place of Giovanni Bernard. And, you know, we've paid him. It's a big, you know, it's big shoes to fill. If Joe Mixon goes down or if they're rotating the ball, he's someone who's going to get some carries. And first preseason game to lose the ball, not really do anything particularly exciting, didn't get too many reps. That's not ideal. So there's, that's an interesting, it might be the most interesting room on the, the roster of the running backs at the moment. There's a lot of, a lot of players there trying to prove themselves and fight for some time behind Joe Mixon. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, I agree. Although I do, I do think P Ryan is more of a Joe Mixon backup than a replacement for Gio. I, th- I think Chris Evans is being moulded for that replacement for Gio. That kind of yeah, you're right, third you're down right. back um, that can you know catch out the backfield. So we will see. Um, okay, I'm going to go offensive game plan. Um, now I know it was the first game, and you know you want to ease your guys back in to uh, to kind of live football. And it was great to see Boyd, Mixon, um, Higgins, and Chase get their touches before they they went off, um, which was great. 
But it was kind of interesting. I was looking out for more of this sort of wide zone concept stuff that we've been uh, warned that Frank Pollack would be bringing uh, in. And uh, yeah, there are a couple of great sort of runs um, off the edge. And also, I mean, the first play, they lined up in the wide zone, but they sort of did a bootleg instead. So that was quite clever. But they kind of kept, they played, they, they, they used the screen a hell of a lot. It looked a bit like last year. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, this feels like in parts last year, but with um but with obviously Chase and uh some other and and, and, and Williams back in and, and, and Riley Reef. Um so that was interesting to me, but there were no real explosive plays down the field, which I think has been an emphasis uh for those. So that's what I'm gonna be watching going forward, whether they can mix this quite sharp short to intermediate game with some explosive plays and as i say maybe it's wrong to expect a bunch of stuff uh early doors but um hopefully we'll see a few more explosive plays because that 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 was obviously sorely lacking last year the the kind of real deep throws uh and um yeah and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I want to see more explosive plays going forward. Not a lot, just to kind of you know mix it in. Because I don't know if you saw the Denver highlights. Drew Locke had about two passes for nine thousand yards in that uh, preseason game. <laughs> um, so you know they went for it on 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 in the first preseason game, and yet we kind of stuck quite conservatively to the screen game, to the outside zone runs. Um, so, yeah, that's something to watch out for. What's your next observation, Nathan? I think in the preseason, the best thing that can come out of a game is not a win. It's someone that you don't really know about. You don't know a lot about them having a blinder of a game and showing up and being like, wow, this guy could make the roster. Because that's what's going to make our football team a fantastic football team and a contender in the next couple of years is people that you don't necessarily know. Joseph Osai is a third-round pick. Great. You want him to perform well. You want you guys in the first couple of rounds, like Jamar Chase, um, you know Jackson Carm and the rest of them to come in and play well. You're expecting them to be good. Darius Hodge is not someone that many of us would have been like, he's going to be a guy getting snaps in the first quarter, is going to contribute and come away with the best PFF score of anyone on the team. And for me, that is the best thing that came out of that game, is someone like him on the edge, getting some snaps. Clearly the team trusts him by giving him those snaps in the first quarter. I think he got five quarterback hits. He got sacked to kill the game at the end there. That's fantastic. And for a guy that would not have been fancied by many to get his name on the roster. All of a sudden now he's given some people a bit of a headache. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he, apart from Joseph Osai, he could well have been the the story of the game, I think. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. And uh, like you said, it's always so much fun to see an undrafted free agent just appear from nowhere and, um, you know, give us someone to root for because we do love an undrafted free agent Sneaking onto the roster. Uh, my next observation: the coverage was really good, even with the couple yeah, well, of stuff. You know, Chidobe was was handling Antonio Brown. Uh, Brady tried to go deep uh, for him. You know, it was a little bit. I can't remember if it was underthrown or overthrown, but Brown had to sort of twist his body and he couldn't quite get there. But it was he had a he had a half step on Chidobe, but. Um, Generally, it was really good, and I thought the safeties played really, really well. Trayvon Henderson 
and uh, Fraser, Kayvon Fraser as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when those guys came in, Akeem Davies, Gaither in coverage in the linebackers, Joe Batchy making plays at the linebacker position. I liked, I liked how they looked in coverage. And um, if that position group, and I include the linebackers in that as well, if that position group can trend upwards then that's going to be that's going to be a huge improvement from i mean a huge improvement from last year and then if you ally it with some sort of pass rusher henderson who looked good dj reader looked really good i thought in, in limited play then he had all the stunts and twists from osai and and uh, hodge and hubbard he was like oh something going on here i quite like the look of this you know they just seem to have more depth uh, and more quality, actually. And uh, again, let's not get too carried away because it's only the first preseason game. Um, so, but yeah, certainly the uh, the coverage and, and a shout out to um, Jalen Davis, who had a really really good name and another back of the roster guy who's battling for a position. I'd say watch out Tony Brown, and uh, you know watch out Winston Rose as well because their days could be numbered if they don't step it up. Because Jalen Davis played really, really well. Um, so yeah, I liked the coverage, the back end. I do like. I loved the back end, Nathan. There we go, my son. Are you passionate about that? About that coverage in the back end, didn't you? I'm passionate about the back end, Nathan. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. Uh, right. And have you got any other observations you want to go through? I've got many, plenty more, son. It's going to be a three-hour episode. The amount of observations <laughs> okay. I've got. Uh, Quick, I'm just well, gonna, pick I'm gonna one. Rattle through a couple. I'm right. Rattle through a couple. Rattle it. Go on, rattle. Well, I'm mean, gonna rattle, and I'm, I want your opinion because what's on, my on. opinion? What's my opinion without your opinion, son? You exactly. Know? Slightly surprising watching that game, and obviously Joe Burrow is not going to play, so you've only got two quarterbacks. I find it interesting that the Bengals have gone right. Brandon Allen, he deserves his spot as the second quarterback. That you know, that's fair enough. I'm not too worried about that. I'm not overjoyed with it, but I. Fine, that's okay. Interesting that they're going with a guy like Kyle Shermer as their third guy. And it's no disrespect to Kyle Shermer, but he's undrafted. I think he was at Kansas City briefly, and then he's come over. And you think, considering we're obviously not 100% on Joe Burrow's health, and this guy got a lot of snaps in the game. You're not, you're not playing with more than two quarterbacks. I'm just surprised that at no point they've brought in a veteran or someone to sort of give them that you know, to get some more reps in based on the fact that we don't, you know, we obviously everyone's saying Joe Burrow is going to be fine and stuff, but I find it interesting that you're giving someone as junior as Kyle Shermer, like whole halves of preseason games, when I'm not sure that anyone would really be that confident in him ever being part of the roster, but maybe I'm being too harsh, but I just found it interesting that someone that junior is getting like a whole half of football throwing to a lot of the receivers, you know. Yeah, I mean, I doubt if Kyle makes the roster really, and I think you know if they need to, they'll go and get go and get a veteran during the season if they if they need to. That's that's all. But it's the first preseason game, good experience for for Shermer. He didn't look too much like a an NFL quarterback. But how do you become an NFL quarterback? No, I agree. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. It's early days. I don't yeah. think I don't think he make the roster. And if they if Brandon Allen goes down or even Burrow, God forbid, goes down again, then yeah, of course I think they'll go out straight away and get a a veteran quarterback. I'm not quite sure who's out there at the moment, but yeah, of course, you know, they, they'll have to, yeah. but at, the, at this moment, um, I think, uh, Sherm is just in there for experience and he did okay on a few occasions. Um, but yeah, not so good on, uh, other occasions. Go on. Ne- what's your next rattler? Evan McPherson was great, wasn't he? 
Yeah, right. Next observation, Nathan. Well, Austin Seibert's good as well, and there's a lot of people in camp. Like I was saying this, and like before, I was like, don't even give McPherson uh, like a competition. Like I don't want this to get into the whole Randy Bullock versus Jake Elliott situation again. Like we've drafted McPherson; he's the guy. Don't put him under any undue pressure. He misses a couple of kicks in the preseason, and people are like, oh, Seibert's the guy. But McPherson has been fantastic in camp and now. Like He turned up, made his two field goals. So did Cyber. And obviously, with New Orleans losing their kicker, people are talking about trades and all mm, sorts. And actually, mm. Austin Cyber is a very, very good player. And almost it's going to be, you know, if we're going to kick him to the curb and he doesn't make the roster and we put him on the practice squad or whatever, he's probably not going to make it very long on there and someone's going to pinch him. But I'm really excited about McPherson. He looks like a fantastic kicker. That kick he nailed from 40 yards was good from C. You know that was key. That's still going now. That ball. So I'm I think really I think I think it's just landed in Cornwall actually over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think you know thing is hard, isn't it? Because Cybert's not doing anything wrong. He's having a pretty good camp himself. But you just got to weigh it up. But yeah, I th- I think I think. Um, I think McPherson looks good. Um, right, what's your final one? I'm only giving you three rattlers, so go on. I haven't got a third one. <laughs> oh, well, I thought you said you had literally millions or something. Um, well, I was, trying, we, I was just trying to tease you with the content. So. All right, okay. Uh, we've, I haven't even talked about the offensive line yet, which I thought looked pretty okay in places. And obviously there were a few reps that weren't so good. But um, interesting that Dante Smith's getting a load of reps and he's getting a load of praise out of camp and... And obviously, Mike Jordan was first on the depth chart at right guard, and that seems to be playing out. He played a lot on Saturday and did okay. So we shall see. Um, right, we haven't got a guest this week. What we're going to do is play one of our favourite games. It's called Did He Darius? Right, Nathan, are you ready for a bit of Did He Darius? Let's just recap it for the uh, Listeners, uh, as we all know, our, our backup cornerback, uh, or our cornerback is a bit unfairy, our cornerback, Darius Phillips, does like to post um, quite a lot of cryptic <laughs> tweets, uh, most of which we have no clue what he's talking about. So, uh, and no doubt they all have some extreme personal meaning, and this is not uh, certainly not having a go at him for that. And uh, I know he's been through some tough times recently in his personal and family life. So, you know, we're not digging him uh, for that. We're not dragging him for that. But uh, we do find it quite amusing that all these tweets come out and we have no clue, really, what they mean. Um, So, basically, Nathan's got it. I'm going to say, give Nathan a tweet, and Nathan has to guess whether Darius Phillips wrote it or someone else wrote it or whether it's not true at all, whether I wrote it. So, Nathan, you did really badly in the last time uh, we played this. <laughs> and Darius has now tweeted enough uh, to play this again. So are you ready? <laughs> uh, do you know, I as well, like to be just uh, sort of some clarity, I've not looked at Darius's Twitter in ages, so I've got not Scooby-Doo about this. So we'll see how it goes. All right, okay. Tweet number one, Nathan. Uh, did he Darius or did he not Darius? I got a loyal shorty with no car. She uh, walked to me. <laughs> yeah, I reckon Darius. That's, that's, I reckon he said that. That is correct. That is a, He did indeed Darius that. More the fact I just couldn't imagine you making that up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you'd have that in your vocabulary, sir. Uh, tweet number two. You'll really get on here begging for attention. 
That's definitely Darius Phillips, hundred percent. That is two out of two. Well done, Nathan. I've got, I mean, I've got him down more than I thought. Exactly. Uh, tweet three. I wish I could outsource my exercise. That no, definitely, you wouldn't say that. Oh, man, three out of three. I wrote that. <laughs> right. That's something you'd be tweeting as well. I know. <laughs> tweet four. You better drive Dakar, because no one ain't driving yourself. Oh, this is a tunnel. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go no. Four out of four. This is the first time in any quiz that you're doing well. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, tweet number five. I say, is you with me or not? And I won't say it again. Nah, that's the sort of thing you'd write. No, that he, he did Darius that. Darius <sighs> did Darius. Next. My perfect record's gone. It's gone. I know how it feel to feel that nobody understands you. No, I don't think that's him. He did Darius that. He did, he? did Darius that. So very, you, he's a very emotional man, isn't he? He is an emotional man, which is great for did he Darius, frankly. So keep on going, Darius. You're four out of six, Nathan. Right, next one. Did he Darius? Nathan Palmer isn't shit. Who that geezer <laughs> think he is? <laughs> Uh, he definitely, definitely said that. Really? <laughs> no, I oh, wish he okay. did. I love Darius giving me a bit, a bit of heat on Twitter. Five out of seven. Next one. Stop believing what you see, everything, and what it seems. Yeah, it sounds like the sort of philosophical thing he'd say. You are correct. He did, Darius, that. Uh, next one. So you are currently six out of eight. So that's pretty good, Nathan. Uh, next one. If you don't love me, somebody else will. <laughs> I don't think he'd say anything as blatant as that. His stuff's always a bit more cryptic, so I'm saying no. He did, Darius, that. Six he out of nine. Sad. He's a mad geezer, isn't he? <laughs> uh, next. <clears throat> I love how there's ten questions as well. That's I know, there's an, I told you, there's enough. Uh, I ain't watering no dead plant, and you can't be lazy with your loyalty with me. He, got, he must have said that because I can't imagine you making that up. He didn't say that. He did not Darius that. <laughs> but I didn't make it up. It was from Winston Rose. <laughs> so you are Winston now Rose, six yeah. what's, what's, the, what's the name for that show? I don't know. Um, a Rose Amongst Thorns or something like that, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. And final one. I'm having a nice uh, uneven 11 questions. My old man's a dustman. He wears a dustman's hat. No, he wouldn't have said that. <laughs> of course he didn't. Uh, Nathan, you got <laughs> 7 out of 11. So, therefore... That's I th pretty good, that, isn't it? That is pretty good. And I think that's enough for me to owe you a pint next time I see you. And I'll just keep you... Oh, keep... my God. That... I've been saving this up for the podcast. Go on. There is... An Anissa has opened about five minute walks away from me and Nisa is owned by the co-op hello Menabrea son Menabrea still... in stock five Do you know minutes what? around the corner from me I went to Asda specifically to find some Menabrea or Menabrea as I like to call it um, and I couldn't find any and I'm disgusted hey, you won't get him in Asda son I've heard you Menab... did get him in Asda so I'm going to have nah, to nah Morrison's is it yeah. Oh, right, I'm going down there then tomorrow. Right, let's get to our correspondence. We are, of course, uh, at Hooday underscore UK. 
uh, and our first correspondent is Matthew at our underscore M4TT. Very encouraging. Defensive line looks nasty, and I think our site is going to be a problem. Third rounder, criminally dropped so far. Chris Evans played himself into the second string RB position. Roll on next week. Well. Um, I wouldn't be saying about Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans is a sixth round pick, so he'll make the roster. I think you made a really good point earlier, son, about the fact that he's going to be more of a geo replacement than he is going to be. Uh, sort of back up to Mixon. But I think that number two spot is P. Ryan's. I mean, yeah. like I said, he didn't do himself any favours, but I still think it's very early days on these running backs yet. Mm. Um, Jamie at Trequart Beaster, Trent Irwin or Mike Thomas? I think you'd have to say on uh, Saturday night's showing, it, it's Trent Irwin with the long hair. His long hair is just edging in front of Mike Thomas at the moment, but I know that they value Mike Thomas's Special teams contribution. But Trent Irwin, we've been told to look out for, and he had a few nice catches last year. Um, yeah, I mean... Mike Thomas is Zach Taylor's guy from LA, isn't he? and he's had some good plays. I know he fumbled the ball the other day, but he reminds me... Joe Mike, Joe Mike Thomas reminds me of He reminds me of Andre Caldwell. Just sort of that yeah. sort of guy on the roster that'll pop up with a big catch every so often, never spectacular, but sort of fairly reliable. So... Trent Irwin looks like a good player. You know, he looks like he's. I mean, that he's a hit he took from that yes, geezer. Low yeah. head, absolutely nailed him, and the geezer, you know, managed to hold on to the ball like huge fair play. And he to always him. And gets he... up smiling like a loon. I mean, no wonder because <laughs> he's just been, you know, twatted by someone's helmet. Um, so it's, it's, it's Trenton. It's it? Trenton I do beg your pardon. I'm getting my Trent and Trenton mixed up. But yeah, they do like his, uh, Thomas is Zach's guy, isn't he? And um, of course, we're talking about Trent Taylor as well, who I don't think I know, did he play on Saturday night, Trent Taylor. Um, but yeah, certainly Trenton Irwin looks quite reliable. One of those guys that just, as you say, sort of makes plays. Really, you know, he's... his name's been popping up, hasn't it? It's been popping up on Twitter. You've heard a few people mumbling about him, which is always a good sign. So. Good luck to the geezer. You know, he's got two more games. He's got camp. I hope he, hope he puts his head up. Indeed. Jamie goes on to ask, who is your favourite Chris Evans? Who isn't the Bengals' Chris Evans? Radio 2's Chris Evans, actor Chris Evans, Labour MP for uh, Isla Wynn, Chris Evans, former York City and Darlington right-back Chris Evans, or editor of The Telegraph Chris Evans, or the outlaw Chris Evans. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not the editor of The Telegraph. I'd go for... <laughs> Maybe the actor Chris Evans, but I mean, you know, that's the lesser of lots of evils there, I think. Um, Steve Blake at Lord Blakey, Mixon and Samaje being running back one and two. Patrick having a game and Evans doing all right. Is Travion in danger of the cut? Keeping in mind if Puka ends up being a returner, that's another running back spot. Phillips is a top returner, but injury prone. Why do you think they are not using Wilson as a punt returner, kick returner? I'm I'm sure it's just, you know, trying to avoid injury for Brandon, really, because he is the superior uh, kick returner. But you're right. I think Darius is a fine returner, and we've seen that in the past. I'd, li- I'd like him back at punt return, I have to say. Puka's an tell interesting us, tell one. Us, tell us Darius Phillips is a fantastic returner in the style of Darius Phillips. <laughs> I don't think I could. Really, you'd have to be very cryptic and very weird and worries me. Uh, you all think I ain't no punt returner, but, you know, <laughs> fuck everyone or something, I don't know. Um, 
And Steve goes on to say that there's more roster battles than he was expecting. Safety and DBs, defensive line and edge. Um, of course, the Bengals did wave some players today. Uh, Pro Wells, the tight end. Solid handle, Pro Wells. Yeah, Reese Horn, the uh, wide receiver. That's another solid handle. Um, so they're starting to make cuts. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me to see Puka on the practice squad. I don't, I think we might see him. No, I, I think know. I agree with you, man. I think he's going to be a good like, guy to learn a bit on the practice squad. And I think he's going to be, it's going to be a tough work, tough, tough battle for him to get onto the roster. And mm. like, you know, because who's he going to replace? Trave, he's not, he's not going to replace Travion realistically, is he? No. Uh, TJ Hushmanzada, Shane Hughes at TJ's underscore shiny underscore shoes. Will Titan Pro Wells have to change his name now? He's been waived. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what to? Amateur Wells, perhaps? Um, <laughs> they don't pay you enough on this podcast, son. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. I rather enjoyed that preseason game. I can just picture the Lord there in his in his uh, plush armchair drinking a bottle of red. His Christy uh, robe. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, his kind of very his velvet robe, perhaps a little bit too much open below the waist. <laughs> uh, the the dim light casting unfortunate shadows on the wall. I can see that, Lord. A crocodile's head, like mounted taxidermy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of taxidermy. Uh, <laughs> Lord Rixendale, do send us an, a picture of your actual living room, please. Uh, he said, I rather enjoyed that. I'm, I'm even doing a Lord voice now. I rather enjoyed that pre-season game. Nice to see Osai flattening Brady. One thing, though, I know generally that third string QBs are bad, but holy moly, Shermer was dire. Let's hope we never have to see him in a regular season game. Poor old Kyle. I don't know. Um, but yes. Um, right, Matt Moon. At Matt Moon, as our offensive line was showing off their mobility versus the Bucks, which offensive lineman is most likely to catch a big man TD this season? I love that question, Matt. Oh, it's a good question, that. And uh, did you see that? I think it was on uh, Chase's reception. Uh, Jonah Williams uh, detached from the line and went on a bulldozer run, didn't he? He went, he flattened. I think he flattened the defensive back twice, not once, but twice, and uh, made. Uh, Chase's job a bit easier. So I'm going to say, with that in mind, and after seeing what I saw on uh, Saturday night, stroke Sunday morning, I think Jonah. I think Jonah. I think Jonah. He's at the Eurostar Jonah already, like flying down the Channel Tunnel on those blocks. <laughs> he's a, he's. I think 100% he's the geezer that's going to that's going to pop proper one if there is a geezer that does. Yeah, I re- I really agree. I think it, I think it is uh, going to be Jonah. Uh, Sam Reeve at Johnny Prong. Hey guys, with the defence impressive against the Bucks, topped off with the Brady sack, does it make a stronger case for putting your star quarterback in for a couple of drives in the next two? No, Brady isn't rehabbing from an injury, but I'd be more worried Joe going into the Vikings game untested. See, this is an interesting yeah, one, point. isn't it? It's because um, you talk to or you listen to like much of the media, they think, no, no, do not put Burrow in because it's just too great a risk for little reward um and just keeping out just keep him out 
until the opener. Whereas I think if you speak to most fans, they would like to see him in for a series against yeah. Washington, uh, certainly against Miami. It might psychologically it might be a bit tough for Joe Boy going back to Washington and having yes. Michael Jordan yeah. looking up and seeing Michael Jordan still there on the line, <laughs> and then at the same field where his knee was obliterated. Yeah. So psychologically yeah, but he's be a, tough. Joe Boy's a big lad though, son. He's not some you know. He's a big boy. He's getting paid a lot of money. He's a quarterback. We need to win a Super Bowl with the geezer. He's got. I mean, I almost think that would be a great lesson for him. Like mm. it'd be tough, but it'd be something for him to overcome. And I just think that we, however much we want to wrap him up in bubble wrap and get that knee as good as it can be ultimately we need to beat the Vikings in week one we're not the favourites in that game even though it's at home and we can't afford like I said last week for him to get hot in week seven or eight when we're two and six we've got to come out the blocks as good as we can be that's a winnable game there's a couple of games around the start of the season that are going to be closely contested contest and we can't afford for him to sort of be finding his rhythm and sort of being a bit of, you know, not potentially in the groove with the receivers. So I'd like to see him get one series and just design. It doesn't matter how pathetic it looks. The preseason is a fairly ugly affair. You know, it doesn't really represent like a proper game. If he just comes out, throws a couple of slants, maybe just chuck some deep ball down the sideline for chase. Doesn't matter what happens with it. Just to get a feel for it, a bit of a command for the offense, take a few snaps, run the ball up the middle a couple of times, just to get himself out there. And I think the Bengals will do that. I'd be surprised if he didn't at least get some snaps in the Miami game, to sort of by the end of the uh, by the by the end of the preseason. Yeah, I tend to agree. I would. I mean, I've, I think maybe Washington might be. A- bit too much both psychologically and physically for him but I would especially at home in that final preseason game I would yeah. like to see him have a couple of series just to get that you know just to sniff the atmosphere just to feel it again uh, just to taste it and um, hopefully that'll be that'll set him up for Minnesota have the Bengals been in touch about our offer of both of us hitting him, like, loosely? Have they been in touch about that after last week's episode? Surprisingly, I mean, I, th- I haven't checked my junk mail folder, but I think uh, they may have forgotten that. So maybe I want to... I still think it's worthwhile. Again. Like, one of us hitting him, like, you know, it wouldn't be a big shot. He could absorb it, you know, get, him, get his head back straight. Mm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I think they're still reeling from our in-depth probing interview with Elizabeth Blackburn last week. So, And thanks so much for all the amazing feedback that we've had. No, yeah. it's fantastic, that feedback. And I'm still it? thinking about it. She's the type of person that you still think about and the, the words that she says, you know, days afterwards because she does, she has this knack of really kind of being quite inspirational, I think. And um, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what game day is going to I can't wait, actually, to see that Minnesota game. You know, the fireworks and the atmosphere, everyone's going to be like really keen because, as she quite rightly mentioned, you know, it's kind of the first game since, you know, first full house, hopefully, since the COVID thing. So, yeah, I can't wait. And, um, yeah, no, it was a great interview. Very, very uh, pleased and privileged to have done that. So, hopefully... You guys enjoyed it too. Um, we will be back. Just next. one thing, so oh, one on. thing. Just super, go on, just quickly. How good did those uniforms look in that preseason game? By the way, yeah, like, I always really good. I I thought. 
when they came out and there's been this chat, I was like, oh, yeah, they're quite nice. I originally was not sure. And then I was like, no, they are nice. They look better on the t- on the screen, on the yeah, telly. they really oh, did. They really really did. nice. Yeah, yeah, I was all of a sudden, I was sort of rubbing my hands together and having a bit of a look at my wallet because I was like, they do look really nice on the TV. Like, I was really impressed by them. We've had a late questioning from Bengals Lon at Bengals Bluebird. Um, Solid Tom- handle. Carmen Jackson, will he be a bust or a starter come mid-season? At this moment in time, I don't think he'll be a bust, but at this moment in time, I think Carmen Jackson, who's this geezer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, of course, Jackson Carmen. Uh, will he be a bust or a starter? I think Deontay Smith is is ahead of him, and I think yeah. the snaps. I mean, some of the stuff that Deontay Smith was doing at guard, you know, we drafted him as a tackle, but. Uh, was was terrific, and even Isaiah Isaiah Prince did okay. And Jackson Carmen didn't do awfully on Saturday. There was a few poor reps from what I saw, but generally speaking, he was okay. So, yeah, but I've got my eye on Deontay Smith like everyone else at the moment. I thought he was a real winner from Saturday night. Um, and you know what? If he's if he's still not playing, you know, still not starting at least by mid-season. That's still too early to call him a bust. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he might actually... Remember, they're trying to make him play uh, guard, a position that he's not really played before. He's a tackle. So, And weirdly, Deontay Smith was drafted as a tackle and is now playing guard. So work that one out, really. Um, uh, of course, we've got Big Fred to come back in as well. He's just been given a press conference. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Too early to say uh, Bengals Bluebird, but uh, we will wait and see. Uh, any just, other, just any other business, sorry, Nathan? Keep... Go on, you keep interrupting me, but that's well, fine. I just, I just keep thinking you're going to shut me down, son. I'm desperately <laughs> just trying to get my sixpence in. Did it feel like Billy Price has been on this team for about eight years? Like I keep seeing him pop up, <laughs> and I'm like, it feels like he's been with the Bengals for like eight years, and every year you're like, oh, it's Billy's year, like. You know, he's first-round pig, he's working hard. And to be fair to the geese, there's been some really positive feedback coming out of camp about how he's looked and got the right attitude and stuff. But I just honestly feel like he's been on the team for about seven or eight years, bless him. Yeah, poor Billy. I don't think he's going to... I think this is it for him this season. I think, you know, they didn't pick up his option, did they? So I think this is it. I think this is the last season for Billy. Uh, which is a shame because he, he comes over as such a fantastic guy, a real team guy as well. And uh, yeah, a real shame. But um, but you never know. He's sort of reunited with Frank Pollack, who he rates, and I think Frank likes him as well. He drafted him, or at least he was on the on it, you know, on the team that kind of drafted him. So you know, there's still hope. But I, th- I think uh, I think it could be the end for Billy. I don't know. We'll see. Of course, you can wrap us up. <laughs> I can now. Right. Well. Uh, you can get us at Hooday underscore uh, UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook. We will be back with Good Morning Bengals on Saturday morning at some stage. Uh, of course, the Washington game is 1 o'clock in the morning for Bengals fans in the UK on Saturday. So enjoy that game. We'll be back on the Monday as per usual to uh, go over the news and uh, give you our reaction and to share your reaction to the game. And just another note, uh, Duncan, dastardly Duncan, is still uh, after some contributions to our new fanzine. You don't live in Cleveland. Just to recap that, we're going to start doing a printed fanzine, limited edition print run 
you know, along the lines of the fanzines that you get outside a, a football match, you know what I mean? One of those sort of funny independent stuff. So if you've got any ideas for articles and you want to write one, maybe you've got some photographs, maybe you've got a poem, maybe you draw cartoons, whatever it is. It could be funny, it could be serious, it could be touching, it could be moving, whatever. Get in touch with Dastardly Duncan at Dastardly Duncan on Twitter. Solid <laughs> So uh, we will have some news to bring you, I think, in the coming weeks. So stay, uh, stay locked, as they say, for that. But in the meantime, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.